You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 83 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler, and I'm here with Jaden. Hi, Jaden. Hi, or at least the dull, corpsified remains of a once alert and intellectual man. Yep, something like that. Yep. Yep, Jaden's alive. Uh, everything's going well. Everything's fantastic. Getting plenty of sleep. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to talk about news real quick, because there's not really a whole lot going on, but... Um, one thing some people did notice is that uh, Privateer Press has announced they are moving their headquarters. Indeed. Uh, which means it's all over. <laughs> now, uh, they mentioned that uh, the city of Bellevue, where they are actually located, is building a giant metro center or something right where they are. So the city probably bought them out, it sounds like. Yeah. So they're going to be moving somewhere. I expect not super far, but you never know. I've been hearing things like half an hour up the road kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Warham. Good city. Just saying. I feel like it has down, problems that a fine. company might, you know, take issue fine. with. Hey, man. Utah's very business friendly. It's just not friendly to you if you're not a business. So, yeah. <laughs> hold on. Anyway, uh, so today we're going to be talking about painting. It's a it's a painting episode, Woo. but what makes it weird is it's my painting episode. This is true. This is I'm. This is, wait, I'm, hold on a second. We've had a Brett painting episode and a Chandler painting episode. Yeah. What's going on? Because you have nothing to prove. Uh, that's not true. But whatever. <laughs> Everybody has something to prove. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I wanted to talk about we we actually talked about doing this like some weeks ago, but it just kind of hasn't come together. Um, I want to talk about the kind of painting that I'm good at which is speed painting. Ludicrously fast speed painting. Yeah, man. Uh, the reason I, I kind of wanted to talk about this is it's it's pretty relevant for a lot of people. Um, there's, you know, it, obviously kind of the limelight of, like, miniature painting is all about the super highly technical skilled I spent 200 hours painting this thing kind of stuff, right? Like, that's that's what everybody wants to look at and gets shown off in galleries and whatnot. And it's very, very cool. Like, you know, that, that stuff takes a lot of skill, a lot of patience, a lot of time. Um, yep. but, but there are a lot of people in sometimes like myself, I vary, but, uh, who really would like to be able to play their stuff painted, but, uh, don't have that kind of time. Don't have that kind of patience, but still want to be able to make things that look good. Like that look like they tried. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and also, there are people who are crunch timing for events, which is basically my life. Yep. Well, uh, not lately. Not but, lately. Uh, I've, been, I've, I've been painting very relaxed lately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of the time, that's kind of what I end up doing, is, is having to paint a very large quantity of things very, very quickly. And so I kind of wanted to talk about like the mentality and methods behind speed painting, and also just a little bit about like why it's not a bad thing to do. Because... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'll get to that in a second. So, as far as just general like concepts around speed painting, um, the first thing for me 
and I think this is where Jaden gets caught up, <laughs> is is kind of the mentality behind painting something with speed in mind. Uh, a lot of people look at it as like, oh, then you're just going to paint it very, very sloppy. And that can be the case, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Really, it's about knowing what your stopping point is and knowing how far it is that you want to go with a particular piece, right? Yeah, like, my problem is that I always just kind of hit that point and I go... But if I spent another if two I, hours right. on this, it could yeah, be really cool. Yeah, I could cool. sit, I could shade this a little better, and I could like, oh, these details would be nice to bring out, you know, kind of a thing. And and that's a that's a different mentality, and it's a it's a great one to have. But if if your intent is to get things done quickly and efficiently, obviously you need to kind of know like, hey, at what point can I go? This is this is good enough, right? This is the point that this needs to be at for for my goal. Yep. Um, the other thing, and this is a, I think a misconception a lot of the time is that speed painting is not really about moving quickly. It's about moving very efficiently. It's about doing things in ways that gets a lot done with very little work, with a very short time span of work. And and in fact, one of the questions that I get a lot is how, what is the best way to paint both faster and better? And my answer is move your brush slower a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you watch like, you know, Jaden always... (laughs) gives me crap because i'm like hey i just knocked out this 10-man unit in like two hours and (laughs) if you watch me paint it it's not like i'm frantically like throwing paints around like some kind of you know crackhead or something like it's i'm moving quite slowly like i'm just it's just there's there's very particular techniques that i've kind of picked up over time that are all about being very efficient with what i'm doing and making sure that everything i'm doing is getting a lot done towards whatever the goal is that, that makes a lot of sense even from just like a pure math perspective. Like say that you move 20% slower than you normally would, but you, you spend like 30 minutes less going back and picking out like or filling in sp- spots that you missed the first time around, right? You're saving yep. time on on net. Yep. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and the other thing, and this goes a little bit of the mentality, but uh, it's about picking battles. Um, there are a lot of models that have a lot of really finicky little things that are really easy to have a good time sitting and pulling out and playing with and stuff and trying to make it look, you know, more and more detailed and interesting and things like that. Um, at the end of the day, especially on like big units of just like a bunch of dudes, there are a lot of details on that model that just aren't really that important. Um, like for example, this is just a random example, uh, crossbows on errants. When I or paint it, what, strike force. sure, yeah, things like that. Generally, what I've done with those is brown wash, done. Like that's a crossbow. Because at the end of the day, like it'll look fine. Like it, the the details will come out as they need to. But you don't need to sit there and be like, well, you, I could put metal on the trigger, and there's like this little lever here that you know it's, it's really right. And I should paint the individual grains of wood because they're sculpted. Yeah, it looks so good, right? And it's it's like if if you're trying to be very very quick and do a tabletop piece that's gonna just look solid from and this is the like the test is does this look good from about like two and a half feet away, right? <laughs> um, yep. If if it's sitting on a table in front of me and I'm not sitting there staring at it, like at the end of the day, there's a lot of details that just don't come out. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously you'll know when you're looking at a table and you see an immaculately beautifully detailed army, like you'll notice that. But for the sake of getting things done very quickly and looking solid and good, I mean, like I get compliments on my protectorate stuff all the time. I did that stuff so fast. It's ridiculous like, how fast you the, did that stuff. And and if you ever like really pick them up and stare them down, there's so much that's just not done on them yep. that I just ignored because I was like, that's not important. It's not important to your eyesight from when you're a couple feet away from it. Um, so it's very much about like. And this kind of goes into this next bit here is your color choice 
is actually really important. And actually, as I got faster, I found I've painted with very different colors. Um, you want to choose colors that are really a color scheme in general that is extremely vibrant. I find works really well, like really, really bright is actually very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and fairly simple. Like in the case of my protectorate, I was like gold, red, white. And, and then I have like some Brown and that's like literally the entirety of my protectorate is, is aside from a few specific pieces that had something unique about them, like fire or, um, sometimes to differentiate units and stuff, pretty much that's the, the colors that I'm working with. Yeah. Uh, and you just want them to be very bright and, and I don't know the best like term for this, but you want to be able to choose colors that can be very chunky. Like you can put them on a model in a very large space and be like, this separates this detail from this detail because it is just a completely different color and is very, very obvious to look at. Uh, so that's when I kind of want to get into like what specific sort of tools and techniques and things like that can you actually use. So one of the best tricks, if you can get away with it, it doesn't always work. But uh, if you can find just a rattle spray can, you can get these from like Walmart, that is the correct, essentially the correct base color that you're looking for, uh, that saves so much time. Yep. So much time. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, think about, like, any Warjack faction that you're going to play a whole bunch of, like, Kador is fantastic for this. If you can just find, like, approximately the right shade of red, like, you can paint probably, I could, you could probably paint the entire Manowar theme force inside of a day. Yeah, like, yeah, if, as long as you're willing to, yeah, it, it, it will work very, very well for that. And there's kind of two routes you can go, uh, in my experience, with using your, using a rattle can to spray things down. And that's either using the rattle can for your base color or actually using it for your like trim color mm -hmm. can work very, very well. And that's how my protectorate was done, uh, where I wanted a red army with gold, uh, like trim and filigree, but all of that filigree, especially with metallic paints I've found can be really hard to apply well quickly. Yeah. Cause you um, like either need to apply a base coat that goes under it, or you need to like do a million billion coats of it to make it cover properly. Right. So if you can choose a color that is uh, like a if, if whatever your kind of filigree color is, um, if you can choose something that, that you can spray paint in and then fill in between all of that filigree instead of doing a base coat and then doing all of the little filigree, it can work really, really well. And that, that comes down a little bit to what faction you're working with. Um, part of the reason this works really well with Protectorate is Protectorate has a very specific aesthetic style, which is a lot of. Uh, large flat plates of armor with very raised filigree sections around it. Like Protectorate's just made of that. That's like 90% of the faction. Um, Scorn is a lot like that too in a lot of things. Scorn um, can be. Certain circle models can um, yep. where they have that same kind of that armor that has like the swirly stuff all over it. But yeah. a lot of like, you're not going to be able to do this really with like Legion no. very much because there's too much flesh and like Trolls definitely yeah, not definitely trolls. not trolls trolls, trolls have, have some of the most trolls varied so textures like that yeah um that's why yeah if you want to speed paint an army don't do trolls uh you can do it but it's 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 a different well, thing. i mean and everything everything's going to be a little different and you have 10 men units that are all medium base instead of yeah, it's small gonna be, it's, 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 it's just gonna be slower thing. yeah yeah for sure uh yeah it's definitely going to be a lot more of a process um 
so yeah if you can find a spray can and the thing is is like i i, I see a lot of questions people post about like what kind of spray can should i get this 20 dollar one 99 times out of 100 like Stuff you can find at like Lowe's or Walmart or whatever place you can buy spray paint near you is fine. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like my black primer is just like stuff that's supposed to be for furniture. And that's I, I use that on yep. my nice stuff. Too. I use that on the stuff I want to paint really well, too, because it's like it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the only the thing reason... I will say in, in go, my experience, in my experience, if I'm doing anything with white primer, I do like to get nicer stuff. Yep, I was just going to say white. that I have like a $20 yeah. can of white primer and I only use it for zenithal priming and it's yeah, gorgeous if, for that. If, if you're going to mess with white, like priming, you're, I would I would use either an airbrush or go get a, a more expensive one. It'll, it goes a long way, like the 20 bucks will, will go a long way. Um, but uh, cheap white freckles really badly. It turns into lots of spots. Like, so I actually, um, I, I read an article about why this is recently. Uh, mm. Apparently, there's only two ways that you can make yes. white mm. primer. One of them is poison because it's lead, and the other yep. one is like these massive color particles. Yeah. And, and so, so, like, you yeah. have to mix it very carefully with other things too. And so, bad white primer is just going to speckle no matter what. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and that's actually. So I actually read something like I learned this exact same thing like a week ago. Uh, because I was reading about the new uh, the new Citadel paints mm. and something in that article mentioned talking about white primer. And it's actually why Citadel Games Workshop, they have a lot of off white primers that's like slightly yellow or something like that, because as soon as you're not pure white, you don't have to use that stuff anymore. <laughs> like You can you can use much easier stuff, but yeah. it's hard to do. And that's why, like, I mean, Games Workshop's been making paint for a very long time. They're very good at what they do. Uh, but yeah, white is like you need to get nice white spray paint because black you can use like whatever like garbage and it works fine like almost always but white you you need something you need a good a good can for that um which is why i just don't prime in white <laughs> i only zenithal <laughs> so, prime so yes yeah, sometimes i should but like i'm painting a really bright model right now it's just black i'm just going over it with more layers I'm like whatever it works um yeah so uh, I already mentioned this a little bit, but um, you want to kind of think of a model as how you can fill it in. I almost look at models as like, I almost start to see them as like a paint by numbers piece when I'm doing this, where like you need to be able to look at it quickly and go, these sections are going to be this color and it's going to be the main color that I'm doing. And this is another one where like Protectorate to me is like the best example of a faction that's really easy to speed paint. Um where what I would do is I, I have them spray painted gold and it is a, it is an obnoxious gold color. Uh, <laughs> like right when I spray them, I'm always like, Whoa, <laughs> like, it's so bright. Yep. Uh, but it's cause I know that I'm going to put a wash over the model. So it tones it down. But um, there's actually a period of time where these models look really strange. Cause what I'll do is I do the gold spray paint and then I do red and I just fill it in everywhere in between that filigree. And the nice thing about it is because that filigree is so raised, it just kind of goes in there really easily. And uh, the nature of how uh, especially metallic spray paint works, if you ever try to do that, metallic spray paint will make your model very smooth, uh, like very, very smooth, which means paint wants to streak really, really badly. Yep. Uh, there's two ways to get around this. One of them is to take your time and do a lot of layers. The other one is what <laughs> I do, which is you just get in there with paint. <laughs> like... Honestly, the paint, like my paint will almost pool in those areas. I'm using it pretty thickly. Yeah. Um, and I don't like, I haven't actually thinned paint in a very long time. 
a that very long time. That hurts me in so actually. many ways. But well, continues. I found, yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, even with the stuff that I'm doing that I'm taking a lot more time on, um, I've just found that, like, especially with, like, the P3 paints in particular, I found it really good for this. Uh, if my brush is, like, slightly wet and I get the paint on it and then I just get a little bit off of it with uh, a paper towel it always feels fine to me like almost always unless i'm doing something very specific like that's there's fair. there there's certain kinds of blending that yes i will thin it down for like that's if i'm doing something more complicated yeah but I'm, for I'm the, kind most of the part, point now where i'm like 90 percent glazing things so it's like ugh, right if, down. yeah if, if you're more like that right whereas i'm i'm used to using like hey if i can't base code this in in two layers i'm getting annoyed um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so, yeah, you want to be able to just find those big kind of chunky colors that because the, the thing is, is like the, the real trick to having a, a speed painted army that's going to look really good is it's a lot more about the presentation of the army as a whole. Right. You're looking yeah. more about you like focus on like one thing. Yeah. You don't want to look at like one model at a time necessarily. You can have showcase pieces like even in my my speed painted armies, I'll have certain pieces that I go. I really want to take time on this specific one because having having some things that are really solid that are like center pieces uh, it does help a lot. But at the end of the day, you just want your army to look very uniform, very bright, and very obvious, like, what the color scheme is that's going on. And you can do that really quickly if you just choose very solid colors. And so it's like with my Protectorate, it was red, gold, white. Um, with my Scorn, it's uh, a blue, a white, and then a dark red. Um, and that's pretty, like, 90% of my coloration is that set of colors. Unless I have something unique I have to do, like Eridus carapaces and things like that uh or when i lose my mind and pay to mammoth for way too long but uh yeah so i want to talk about a couple of just techniques that um i always see some of these i feel like get kind of scoffed at a little bit but again this is a this is a um these are actually things that i take a lot of pride in because i feel like i do them very very well (laughs) And you can do a lot with these if you know how to do them very effectively. And the first one is one that a lot of people hear about when they're starting out painting, which is dry brushing. And oh, yes. so dry brushing can be really, really, really easy to both do wrong and overuse. Yep. Um, you don't... You can technically speaking speed paint an army by like base coat dry brush do a couple details but it typically doesn't look great generally no. speaking there are certain no. factions you can get away with it if you're painting an exalted list oh yeah sure yeah, like if it's supposed ask. to look like stone like dry brushing is so good for stone um and and like very specific kind of metals but uh yeah um what i would typically use dry brushing for is um i use it on cloth a bit uh, as kind of a highlight uh, but you have to do it like with cloth you have to do it very gently or it comes out very chalky yeah uh, and you have to like get a ton of paint off the brush you do and so that's and that's another thing that and, and that i've found in because i've used this technique a lot pretty much since like day one because i just always really liked it um i take like so okay for one thing it's called dry brushing for a reason a lot of the time when I see people mess up dry brushing and they're not sure what is going wrong, it's because their brush is still just a little wet. Oh, yeah, just that's a big no-no. Like, wet at all. <laughs> it has to yep. be, like, very dry uh, for this to work effectively. That doesn't mean you can't wash your brush. You can actually dry a brush off extremely fast. But uh, 
you do need to make sure that that brush is very, very dry because you'll get these things where you're like, hey, I'm dry brushing, you know, like things are showing me how to, but I get these kind of smeary things instead of that kind of hard edge. Right. And then the looking. paint doesn't dry very quickly. And so when you go back over it with the next layer of dry brush, it smears together more and it's even worse. Yeah. And, yeah. and that is a result of your, of your brush being just a little bit dry or a little bit wet. Um, I recommend thing, getting some super duper cheap brushes and yes, just like it's, like windmilling down the line of like, all right, you're wet now, but I've got another one. Okay, now you're wet. I've got another one. And then by the time you get done with like your five of them, the first one's dry. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I was going to say was uh, another thing is in, um, I actually meant to, I think, put this somewhere else. So I'm going to talk about it real quick, but uh, is picking your brushes for what you're doing. Uh, for specifically for dry brushing, uh, generally I want one that's uh, a bit wider. So I don't, I don't, you don't want like one of those nice round pointed tipped ones that doesn't yeah, work. Flat out. brushes. You want a flat brush, right? Yeah. Kind of like, you know, sort of shaped like the ones you would like paint, stereotypically paint a fence with, uh, but obviously smaller. Um, and you want them to suck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want these to be good. Like, I've my brushes get better at dry brushing the more of just a disaster they are. Like I love my ones that are just a frayed mess and they're horrible, which is why you don't want them to be expensive. Like you don't need an expensive brush for this at at all. You don't want one because you'll feel like you want to hurt yourself after doing what you've done to those brushes. Um Yeah. Uh so yeah, you'll you'll want some like fairly cheap ones, or if you have older, nice ones that are just getting to where they have no function. Yep. Uh, those those are fine for that because that's uh, that's the the end result of all flat brushes is eventually turning into a dry brush. Um, I and I was gonna say just to segue a little bit because I wanted to talk about uh brush selection because I wrote that in and it disappeared apparently. So, um, Weird. yeah, I don't know what happened. So this is kind of based off of so this was originally actually advice given to me by somebody who was trying to like help me learn to paint much more meticulously <laughs> but i sort of took it to heart and then used it for my more heinous form of painting <laughs> uh which basically is use the largest brush that is functional for the job that you're doing um partly this helps against streaking which is part of why it's it's useful but also like it's just the common sense thing of like bigger brush paints faster <laughs> Yeah, well, and more specifically, like, it holds more paint, so it, like, your tip is not going to dry out as quickly, and you're going to be able to paint for longer before you have to go refill your brush, which also speeds you up a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of reasons. Uh, that doesn't mean always use the biggest brush you have. I, I mean, very specifically, use the largest one that is functional for the job that you're doing. Uh, yep. So, I, I only really use... 99 times out of 100 for this kind of a thing, I'm pretty much using two sizes of brush, and I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. But it's basically just a very small round and then a slightly larger round brush. Probably a size one and a size two. I think that's correct. Um, And then I have, like, one just, like, pretty big round that I use for, like, certain things. Like, I use it for, like, base coating, like, horses and stuff. Like, stuff that's kind of big that you really just don't need any finesse for. Uh, where you're just kind of like, I need to get color on this big thing. Um, that's, yeah. So I, I have a few different sizes for that. Uh, but not very many. You don't need, like, a ton. It's not, because you're not doing a lot of, like, 
very, very specific stuff. The only thing that I really use an even smaller one for is if I decide to paint in eyes, which depending on how fast I'm doing, I may or may not do. Um, and depending on the model, to be honest, there's a lot of models where like once you've kind of done the flesh and like the wash over it, the eyes kind of just turn into this like sort of dark space. <laughs> that's like fine. Like it doesn't. if you're looking at it close, it's a little weird, but for like a tabletop model, like it's fine. It's not really a big deal. Um, I think if there's anything else about like dry brushing, I wanted to mention. Um, so I, I prefer as I've gotten more and more kind of experienced with, with dry brushing, I've preferred to use less and less and less paint as I've gone on mm -hmm. to the point where dry brushing is almost just tinting the area that I'm going over. And if you're very, very gentle with it, like if you're able to get to that really good spot where you're using just a very tiny amount and know exactly how much to kind of hit it, you can highlight stuff in a way that actually looks remarkably smooth um, in a very, very quick way. Uh, it's not as good as, you know, doing like much more involved, slow processes for blending and things like that, but it works really well. It's a similar principle. It's just applied in a slightly less, I don't know, targeted way. Targeted, yeah. Um, it's done a little more violently. <laughs> Attack! So, yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about, which it always kind of feels like the opposite of dry brushing to me, which is applying washes. <laughs> it's like, this one's very dry. This one's very wet. Um, so washes, for anybody who doesn't know, are a... This isn't... Ex essentially, they're a very thinned down paint, but that's not exactly true. They have a very particular consistency uh, to be like used well. Mm -hmm. Um but es essentially, for the sake of use, they're a very thin paint uh, that is designed to pool in crevices and, and uh, lower spaces very easily. Yeah. And, then and that's a big out. deal because cause a lot of people are like, but a glaze is just a wash. And they, no, it's not because the glaze is a lot less paint total and the yeah. wash has a lot more to it than the glaze does. Right. A glaze is essentially like you're attempting to sort of tint a color and slowly build it up. Right. Whereas like with a wash, it's more about like you're more looking for where it kind of pulls into crevices and creates depth just by being there. Sort mm -hmm. of. Um, and so like and this is another one that people get teased about this one a little bit because like. The first time you use Games Workshop Null Oil, it's like. What? have I been doing this whole time? It's, it's a, it's a truly incredible medium to, to play around with, especially when you're trying to do things quickly. Uh, but there are others that are really good, but I, I almost strictly use Citadel washes myself, but there are others that are fine. I just don't really use them. <laughs> I have a couple of the P3 ones, but I don't like them as much. I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't use washes. I have no idea how to use them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really so like the main ones that I, I I use very very heavily is null oil is great. The only thing about null oil is it is really easy to rely on in places where it is the wrong wash to use. Mm -hmm. um, the other ones that I use and they're actually really similar is Reichland Flesh Shade and Agrax Earth Shade. Mm -hmm. um, Agrax Earth Shade is very well known as well because it's a, it's a phenomenal wash. Yeah. Um, Rip Devlin Mud. Yeah. So the thing is, is that Agrax and Reichland are both basically brown washes. <laughs> uh, they're just a little different, and I use them for slightly different things. I actually, I, I actually use Agrax very, very rarely because it's a little more specific, like where I like to use it. Um, but I will find, like most of the time, I actually prefer to use a brown wash over a black one. 
but yep. it depends on exactly what I'm doing. Like my protector stuff, I use a black one because brown onto the red and gold looks a little strange. <laughs> um, like it doesn't it doesn't tone it down enough for mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get it to do. But so the thing about washes is there's a couple kind of ways you can go about applying a wash, and it goes from basically most finesse to least finesse. <laughs> um, so with specifically my protectorate, they were done in such a way that the the kind of joke I always said is I'm just going to F this thing up with null oil, right? <laughs> like that's, that was what, that was kind of what I just assaulted them in a violent way with absurd amounts of null oil. And it just kind of worked for, for what that model was doing, but you can actually do, a, you can actually have a lot of control over washes if you, if you want to, yeah. um, where you're actually, you, you want to be able to look at and take the time to actually kind of guide it into the crevices that you want effectively. The other thing is that it's very easy to, to mess up. Because a lot of the purposes of washes is to create shading, essentially the shadows of a model, by basically using gravity, <laughs> um, which is clever. And surface and tension works. and weirdness. and surface tension, yeah. yeah. And it works well uh, a lot of the time. It's it's a you know it's, people call some of them liquid skill, right? Which it's because a lot of the time, if you paint a model and you just kind of go like, man, this looks really flat. If you just like slap null oil on that thing, even if you don't know what you're doing, it'll look a lot better all of a sudden. Um, and that's like yeah, at like a very basic level, you know, before you can really learn like the more detailed stuff about like shading and highlighting and whatnot. Um, so one thing is that uh, washes are going to react to gravity like everything else uh, <laughs> on this planet, yep. uh, which means when you are doing so, generally speaking, light sources are coming from somewhere above you. That's the general assume. Generally speaking, people assume that war machine battles are going on outside, right? So the assumption is that the light source is probably coming from above, which means that you want the shading to appear below things, on the bottom of things, like underneath points, because that's where shadows are going to form, right? So this means, and this seems obvious, but some people just don't think about it. Don't wash your models sideways or upside down. (laughs) Um... Make sure they're vertical. You can apply it like while they're kind of sideways in your hand if you're quick and make sure to get them vertical. But you'll see a lot of weird stuff if you yeah. like if you try to do it from other angles. It will just do kind of odd things. Um, the other thing is that if you pull too much on a location, um, just trying to like a lot of the time you can use a dry brush you have nearby to kind of just lift it up. Like, just poke it, and it will pull some of that wash into the the brush. Mm -hmm. Um, However, if you let it sit slightly too long, you're going to get this horrible circle (laughs) where the 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 outer edge... Yeah, where it it looks like a coffee stain, yeah, where the outer edge of the wash started to dry before you got to it. Those are really annoying and almost impossible to get rid of without redoing that part on some level. Like, it's you kind of have to, like, go, okay, I'm going to put the base coat back on it. Um, And that, that really just comes down to, like, I always have, like, while I'm doing washes, I've always got the one I'm applying the wash with. I've got another one in my mouth that I can grab very, very quickly that is completely dry and can just pick up wash really quickly. And Mm. usually I won't even, like, take it off of it. I usually just, uh, if I have too much somewhere, I'll pick it up and just apply it somewhere else that I need it to be done. Um, So, like, it's something that you can practice with and get to where it is a little bit more of a a finesse skill that you can work with. And and again, even on things that I'm trying to paint and take my time on and do better, I still actually use washes quite a bit. Um, But uh, it's usually a lot more... They almost 
act like a glaze that I'm just being slightly more aggressive about <laughs> when I'm doing those kind of models. Yeah. Um, and you're really like guiding it into the specific crevices and stuff that you're looking for. Uh, the other thing is that this is very common, especially with Citadel washes. I found as much as I really, really like the washes, this is an issue they have a lot. I'm actually waiting on a model to dry for this right now. Cause it's annoying, uh, especially on skin tones. So like Brown and tan, they really like to make stuff shiny. Like washes love to make things shiny. <laughs> Um, I don't know exactly why that is. I'm sure there's somebody who knows kind of what the science is behind that, but something about the way that it lays out, it really, really likes to become shiny. Um, one thing you can do to tone that down is if you have a, uh, a spray like lacquer, the, um, the, uh, dull coat, dull coat. That's it. My brain was just like, nope. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a dull coat. If you go get this stuff, make sure it's dull coat. I swear everybody gets gloss coat on accident at least once. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, I now have the shiny army. Um, the <laughs> no. thing about dull, yeah, the, the thing about dull coat is it's very, it's a, it's a clear uh, spray that goes onto the model and it's very specifically designed to disperse light. Right. So it's not going to be shiny. It's going to make it a matte finish. Um, you can do this over shiny things and it will actually tone them down, which mm -hmm. is, which is wonderful. <laughs> when I learned that, that saved me a lot of time because once something's shiny, if you don't know how to fix it, you almost have to redo it. So. Yeah, and it's it's a good thing to know too because like gloss coats tend to be a lot more protective. Um, so like a lot of people that are like pretty rough on their armies tend to like gloss coat, gloss coat, dull coat, and then dull coat, dull coat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I even like I do dull coat a couple times over metallics pretty often because um, it. It takes off the kind of like almost cartoonish shine of them and makes them a little more dull and a little more reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, not always. It depends a little bit. Gold is, is hard to work down, but like silvers and stuff or, or uh, like kind of iron yeah. um, is, is, is really good for that. Another um, random cute little trick with uh, gloss coats and then we can move on is they actually make your model like really, really easy to to apply washes. I don't know this from experience but i've seen lots of people do it because they make the main part so slick the the medium of the wash just goes straight to the crevices because that's like the only place it can pool so some people do that yeah um and the other thing i will say is that washes in particular uh probably one of the big things that i, I didn't even write on here which i probably should have is uh the concept of assembly lining um this is very, very helpful for two things. To be honest, part of the reason I started assembly lining as much as I do was actually to save paint. <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't actually a speed thing, but it kind of turned into that. Um, assembly lining basically, like once I'm working on a particular color or a particular step, I do it on everything before I move on to the next step on any singular model. Um, and yeah, the original reason for that was uh, like I poured out some red and I always had a habit of putting a little too much out. And so I'd go, okay, I've used the red on this model, but I accidentally poured too much out and it's like maybe like a squeeze bottle or something. I can't, it's like hard to get back in. Um, so I'd go like, okay, I'll start the next one, right? And so you go through the whole process of like, say you're doing a unit, try to knock out all 10 models of the unit. You know, if you're doing the cloth on the back, do that all at once. Yeah. Um, washes are where this is very helpful too, because the thing about washes is in a lot of ways, they turn into the slowest part of speed painting a model because they take a long time to dry. It's really thick liquid, which means it just takes a while. Um, 
But a lot of the time, especially when you're doing like a 10 man unit or something, if you're doing washes, by the time you finish all of them, the first ones are like pretty close to dry. Not usually quite done, but pretty close. Um, so assembly lining really helps with washes because it allows you to keep moving without having to just like set your model aside and not get to work on anything because not doing anything is the slowest way you can paint. It's true. Fun fact. Although I will say like assembly lining is possibly the main reason that I just flat out refuse to speed paint anymore. I hate doing that so much. Yeah, some people really don't like doing it. And and I like honestly, it's it is soul crushing after a while. Like it really does start to just like uh part of it with me though, and this is just kind of a, a thing about myself, I guess, is once I've finished a task, I tend to really not like having to start it over. If that makes sense. Sure. So like a 10-man unit Finishing an entire model, like spending the time to finish an entire model and then go on to the next one, I am instantly out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like, I just did all of this. Yeah, Um, we're the opposite that way, because that's the only way I can do work. Right, and so when it's it's assembly lined, to me it all turns into one task, instead of being Mm. a bunch of singular tasks, essentially. Uh, It makes it all one, one project, rather than like a bunch of individuals. Um, so I don't have that like, and now I have to start over feeling every time. Makes um, sense. The next thing is is how to get into painting the details. So generally, I will go. All right, I like this brown for leather. That's the color all the leather in my army is now. <laughs> Just all of it. Like unless there is something that really needs to stand out for some reason, which is pretty rare. Uh, like sometimes I'll have a second leather color in case it's like, Oh, he has a bag that's sitting on something else leather and it'd be kind of hard to like see, I guess. But, um, so like leather, I'm just going to base coat on a Brown and I'm going to put a wash over it and be like neat. <laughs> um, yeah. it's that, obviously that, this, something this real be quick a, to talk about go. because like, this is important that we haven't actually mentioned yet. Uh, if you're going to do this kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to rely on washes to do stuff, pick like lighter colors. Because washes yes. don't show up very well in dark colors. Right. And that's that's part of why, like, one of the most important parts of this process I've found over time is use bright colors. And right. especially if you want to use washes, use stuff that is too light for what you're trying to do. So, because, right. like, so, like, my protector, again, which I come back to, uh, when I have spray painted it gold and put the red on, they look horrendous. Like, they it's look like really, candy. Yeah, it's, it, they're too bright. Everything is like, like the gold is really garish and obnoxious and you can't see any detail of it because it's like so bright. Um, and then the red is just this, re, it's like this Santa Claus level, super bright red. And then you apply the wash over it and the whole thing tones down and becomes way more reasonable. Um, and that's actually one thing about washes as well, especially Nuln Oil. And this is part of what Nuln Oil does really well. A lot of the time, if you have colors that aren't like, perfectly working together for some reason a lot of the time a wash will bring them together a little bit just because it's something that is the same color of shading that's on the entire model now Mm -hmm. um it won't fix everything (laughs) but uh it definitely helps a bit it helps pull things together like sometimes when i look at a model and go like this is not like becoming cohesive a bit of a wash will oftentimes bring it together more than you would think yeah um but yeah so for painting the details generally i want to use um Again, this is about picking what details you actually want to take the time to focus on. Make sure to bring out details that are going to very clearly identify parts of the model. It's another one where, like, again, like I keep coming back to protect it, but they're very, very good for this because the gold is it surrounds every individual plate. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything inside of that gold is one plate. So it's very, very obvious to the eye, like what piece is what. 
Um, it's very, very quick. Uh, and um, so you're able to kind of pick, yeah, pick the, the filigree, make sure that's done in a way that's going to be able to break it apart. That should be basically like, if you have two main parts of your color, it should be whatever your like base is and then whatever the filigree is that's going to help that stand out and, and contrast it a little bit. Um, 99% of models just have leather straps because, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. they just... Boy, do they just love just strapping things on with leather or ropes. That's the other one. If it's not leather, ropes it's ropes. Ropes are the worst. Yeah, scorn it's, scorn it's ropes. Scorn it's just ropes for days. Um, but generally, I'll go, like, again, very, very simple. I'll pick up a very solid, bright base color. Like, just off the top of my head, uh, the um, a lot of the leather that I do is rucksack brown. And a lot of the ropes that I do... Sorry, not Rucksack Brown. I mixed something up there. It's Adrian Flesh. Adrian Flesh, okay. Adrian Flesh or Rucksack Tan. Yep. Uh, a rucksack Tan is what I will use usually for rope. Yeah. But you can use it for leather, too. It makes a much more, like, um, light, kind of that orange-ish. Yeah, that, like, do sort of. hide kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Rucksack Tan is, like, almost an orange. It's, yeah. it's, it's, an, it's an interesting... I actually really love that color. I use it for blonde hair, too, as, like, a base yep. for that. It's really, really Yeah, good. it's really, really good for that um yeah uh there was something that i missed that i have forgotten so just gonna move past that i'm trying, right. to, remember, trying to remember what it was i had a thought a minute ago and i was like oh i should mention that i completely forgotten it uh so the last thing is like once you've um oh also just a really quick uh kind of trick for skin because i know a lot of people hate this because it's the worst um one that I found that I really, really like is to use Citadel Kislev Flesh and then put Reikland Flesh Shade over it, and it looks fine. <laughs> like, it's very, very reasonable. If you want to do skin really quickly, it, it looks great, and it goes on really well. Um, but a lot of the time, like, tan with uh, Reikland Flesh Shade over it, it's, like, usually is going to look reasonably like skin. Yeah. Um, so just just saying. Uh, yeah, and then the last thing is basing. This is generally pretty straightforward, but it depends on exactly what you want to do. Uh, most of the time, just because to me this is like the easiest thing on the planet, is I'll put glue on the base and I'll pour basing sand on it, which is just like a tan sand. Mm. And then I'll let that dry. And if I'm feeling crazy, I'll go past that. But a lot of the time I won't. <laughs> um, it's just it, you ha you are now standing on sand. I really like desert bases because they're really easy to work with. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you want to be slightly more adventurous than that, you can do that before you prime the model. And yeah. if you don't prime gold, you can then dry brush over the black with various other mm -hmm. colors and make it look like whatever have, you want. I have a few models that were from prior purchases, like standing on like rocks or things like that, or had sand bases that just got straight spray painted gold. And that's just a life. <laughs> that's a life I have to live now. Um, that's another, that's actually, this is actually something I should mention as well. If you do want to use a metallic spray paint, that's what those models look like now. Don't think you're ever going to strip that. <laughs> Oh yeah, stripping, no, that's never coming off. Stripping metallic spray paint is a nightmare. It is a true nightmare. It's horrible. It will never. That model will never be the same again. So, but I mean, if you're planning like, on just painting it, it's done now. or something. Yeah, you'd have to. You, God, like whatever you do is in danger of melting the model, like to get that stuff off because it's it's nasty. Um, that's not like like for me. It's like my protectorate stuff. It's not like I'm doing anything else with it. So neat you know yep. um although there's part of me that was like i should repaint some stuff for infernals and i was like huh no <laughs> that's <laughs> not happening again. <laughs> yeah, i honestly i'm thinking about it i may i may recollect some stuff just for that um 
Yeah. So yeah, that's just something of note. Once it's sprayed, sprayed metallic, and that's another thing. That's this is also a buyer's guide portion. Uh, if you, somebody's trying to sell you an army that's been spray painted with metallic, and you want to prime it, th- think about that first, because <laughs> yeah. it will not be good. I've I've heard a couple of horror stories. It's not common. Most people do not base their stuff with metallic. That's very very rare. But you will see it once in a while, and if you're going to buy that, just be aware that that's just part of your life now. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, because this is really important, especially for tournament play, is our uh, marking your arcs. Uh, go get an arc ninja from Broken Egg, and that's not even me like trying to No, that, that's chill. just the best thing you it, can use. It's, it's like the best tool I've ever used in my life, and it's wonderful. Yep. And I stole Jaden's. Yes, um, you have. I want it back, dang it. <laughs> I'm glad I've had yours, because mine broke. <laughs> <laughs> and i did so the I really like, nifty trick where yeah. i like marked the center of it too that's how i figured out it was yours i was like where'd this extra art oh <laughs> <laughs> got those lines from like a year and a half ago on it yep um let me think if there's anything like offhand um i need to think about no i think that's that's mostly it um so i guess like it so at the end of the day like my the main takeaways i kind of want to get into is for one speed painting is a very legitimate way to paint things and yep. you can make them look really nice. Um, like my protector stuff can look a little haggard. I think it looks great. Like when it's all together on the table, but like my scorn stuff, I've speed painted most of it and I think it looks fantastic. Like it's, I think it's, it's I think it's turned out, sweet. I think it's turned out really, really well. Um, you know, there's little things that aren't as perfect as they could be because of the way I've done it. But, um, at the end of the day, one thing I found with, with speed painting, this is the case with any kind of painting, but, um, with this one, I, I felt it more so in a lot of respects is uh, you can get a lot out of ingenuity, thinking up weird ways to do things um, with speed painting. Like if you can figure out a really interesting new way to use like like the blue on my scorn was me messing around with a blue ink, you know, uh, over a light blue. And it's turned into like one of the most interesting blue colors I've ever worked with um, or like. Any any like weird idea you have that's like, hey, this could be an interesting way to use a wash to like change up what this looks like in some way, or I've got an interesting clever shortcut or something I can use. Like, feel free to use that stuff. It's a, a lot of a lot of the stuff about like painting very quickly and efficiently is about like odd techniques that, yep, speed things up in a way you wouldn't expect. Something um, I'm also going to really recommend is that spend like a few days planning out your thing, try it on something you don't care about and make sure you like the way it looks. Uh, that was, that's going to save you a ton of time down the road because I don't know, there's just like, this is very much a measure twice, cut once kind of process. Cause once you're cutting, you're cutting a lot of things real fast. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what like, uh, that's part of why I say like, make sure you plan out very specific colors you want to use know your stopping point, think about it ahead of time, know kind of exactly how you want that, that model to form out. And for me, a lot of the time it, it, I'll plan it out to a degree. And then a lot of it kind of turns into surprises, um, that, you know, you just try to make work out and a lot we of don't make do. mistakes. We make happy little accidents. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, you'll, you'll get a lot of that. And a lot of it is stuff to learn from. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yep. That's uh, talking about how to paint stuff very quickly. Woo. Um, yeah, if you ever watch when it gets too close to events, <laughs> I, I start posting my painting stuff and it gets it gets pretty real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get yeah, I get a I get a lot done very fast. Um, and it's a fun process, and it's something that like it's it's hard because I I always want to um 
I always want to do write-ups or something about it, but part of the like whole mentality behind it makes it really hard to do that because it's very in the moment for me a lot of time where I'm just like, oh, I want to paint all of a sudden. I'm going to get this done in like an hour. Right. And then it, taking pictures and then like, like breaks up the right. flow and makes it. Then you finish and, and you're like, oh, I should have. Oh. <laughs> like I just should have taken pictures and wrote about that or something. Like it's just it's very much a spur of the moment thing for me a lot of the time, and so that's I have to just kind of react to it and start start working on it. Um, yeah. And yeah, but I want to try to get some kind of a guide just showing like the process for one model that I do uh, up at some point. Um, That'd be really yeah. good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's it, though. Yeah, we think we talked we talk about everything. Everyone it's who true. listened is a master of speed painting now. It's funny because like I was I was like, oh, man, we should totally do this and I should speed paint a model while we're doing it. And then I could post a picture. I painted one guy's head. Yup. That sounds about right. Yeah. I did not start painting a thing because i knew i'd be talking a lot and i'll just get distracted (laughs) (laughs) all over the place um yeah so uh in our closing i want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on patreon i do want to call out one thing real quick and i should post this on the patreon as well um patreon notified me recently that people might be having an issue with our rss feed but nobody has said anything so i don't know what that's about if you're having an issue finding the cast, and again, if you're having an issue finding it, then me talking about it on the cast isn't very helpful, but I'll post this. Uh, let us know, because we'll fix it. Yeah. As it is, I can't figure out any problem. I think Patreon's just being dumb, because they do that a lot. But So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Patreon is a really big support uh, for us. I'm going to be going... I'm going to be so busy next month, because uh, I'm going to be going to Lock and Load, which Jaden will be there for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And literally the weekend after, I'm flying to Denver... <laughs> Yep. for Rocky Mountain Rebel and um, that's like stuff like that being able to do that kind of stuff is, is off the back of the people who support us there mm-hmm. uh, and so it's, it's very very important to us it's a really big deal uh, it's just kind of a I guess tip for what we do we don't have anything that's like gated behind that Patreon or anything like that it's just if you like seeing the kind of content that we're putting out and want us to be able to kind of continue doing that it's a good way to just show us support Um and if you do want to check that out, that's at patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. Also, something we don't mention very often is on our actual website, there's a button for single-time donations. Um, it doesn't get used very often, but I do get asked about it once in a while. So just let you know. Anyway, uh, also a big thanks to Broken Egg Games for their support. Do they have anything new going on? I didn't actually check this time. Uh, they have the CID stuff coming out for Scorn and for... What was the other one? Uh-oh. Uh, uh, Red? It's Red. Red, Red, Red. Yeah, Privateer is probably a little ways out. Um. Yeah, and that'll be nice. I think I mentioned it in the last cast, but I can finally stop using my protector at Bulwark and inside tokens. That'll make me yeah. very happy. I'm so excited uh, to see their Infernal stuff, too. Uh, yes. Those spoilers should be coming pretty quick, I think. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, we're only a, really a handful of weeks out. Yep. We're, we're almost within a month of, uh, of the pre-release, at least. But, uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to go to the Broken Egg Games store, you can use the code LOS5CODE. You get 5% off everything on there. Also, big thanks to Tyson from figurepainters.com uh, for supporting us. He's also the wonderful man who runs the War Machine section of the Las Vegas Open, which is an amazing event. Uh, go check his stuff out at figurepainters.com. He's got some really amazing hobby, like, uh, blogs and things like that, as well as just a storefront with a lot of really cool stuff on it. Yep. Uh, our website is LOSWarMachine.com. You can see all the stuff that we post through there. Twitter is at LOS underscore Chandler or at LOS underscore Jaden. Not even talking about Brett anymore. He doesn't use that thing. Uh, and our uh, email is uh, LOSWarmahords at gmail.com. Find our Facebook, which is just line of sight. If you like us on there, that's the easiest way to see everything we've got going on. Uh, or you can message us on Facebook. 
And if I get a message at 3 in the morning and I don't answer and I forget, I'm sorry. I'll try to remember. <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm very bleary in the morning. I usually don't know what's going on. Uh, true. Morning Chandler texts make no sense at all. It's rough. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, though. Yeah. So I'm going to let Jaden get back to taking care of his family. Cause yeah. Fun. Yep. And see you guys next week. All right. Later, guys. Okay. <gasps>